the year 2022, three podcasters sat down to record an episode about the film High School Musical. One of the podcasters admitted that he hated musicals. But, like, live-action musicals, I am, like, really just not a fan of. In fact, he hated musicals so much that he swore if he was ever in a musical, he would eat a plate full of mud. Little did he know, his other co-host was the editor of the episode and could retroactively place him into a musical. This is that episode. (laughs) Give me that theme song. This is how we do it on a podcast, baby. This is a theme song at the start of the show. Stop wasting time on the theme song, baby. Stop wasting time on the song. Gonna watch a movie. Got a lot more to go. Stop wasting time on the theme song, baby. Stop wasting time on the song. Oh, watching all these films. Oh yeah. Feels like a chore. And since we started singing, they've already added more. Already added more. This is a theme song at the start of the show. Stop wasting time on the theme song, baby. Stop wasting time on the song. Kick it! Oh, I'm the guy whose music's always kicking your ass. I'm crushing this intro like my name is so bad. Then come the co-host, Rob comes thirsty. Don't need juice, no thanks, not, not thirsty. thirsty. Last is Bob and that man can sing. Uh, Sean, I really don't want to do this. Too bad it's happening. This is a theme song at the start of the show. Stop wasting time on the theme song, baby. Stop wasting time on the song. Hello and welcome to the podcast War Tennis Shoes, the podcast where we watch and rank all 1,790 some odd movies on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> My name is Sean, and I'm here with my co-hosts Bob and Rob, and I'm saying 90-some because I honestly have no idea when this episode is coming out. It's a 2023 release. Same year as... What else is happening in 2023, Rob? Avatar 3's coming out? The Panther Rise of Pterodactyl? <laughs> Rise of Pterodactyl, 2024. Try again. Bob, what is happening for you in 2023? Uh, hopefully I am hanging out with you guys some more and just enjoying that. Okay, well, sounds like it's going to be a big year, people. And that year is going to include the release of this episode, uh, but I don't know when, so I can't tell you exactly how many movies we are behind. It's somewhere around 1,700 and... Before we go any further, I need to ask... Robbie, what are you drinking this week? I'm just drinking a beer in honor of our friends in high school for High School Musical. I I assumed that nobody in high school would know how to make a cocktail of any sort, so it's just beer. Uh, Are you drinking it out of a red cup? 
Yep. Red Solo Cup. Do you remember the, t- the time somebody at a high school party where nobody knew how to mix cocktails thought it would be a good idea to get me, the teetotaler, to be the bartender at the high school yes. party? And a good friend of ours said, hey, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and make me a rum and coke and proceeded to pass me a red Dixie cup, which I assumed meant half a cup of rum and half a cup of Coca-Cola. Apparently, that's not how you make those drinks. Uh, so that was your first and last experience as a bartender? Ye- yes. Oh, no. I mean, I played one in a music video a few years ago for a musician named Phoenix Lazar in a video named Gold. That was a lot of fun. So you drew upon personal experience? You went method? I think to Bobby's chagrin, uh, I think I had much more fun with this movie than uh, than he did. Uh, not, not, not that I enjoyed it, but I'm pretty sure I had a lot of fun watching it because I was screaming at my TV for quite a lot of this film. And what film are we doing this week, Rob? We are doing High School Musical 1, The Callback. And you know why we're doing High School Musical 1, Rob? It's because we got a listener request. It's listener request week, people. Cue the theme song. Listener request. Re- I don't. I don't have a theme song yet. <laughs> Watching shitty movies leaves me broken and depressed. I'm thinking that we need another listener request. Cause Robbie keeps on picking films that Bob and I detest. The only way to stop them is a listener request. Hey! Bobby's picks are better, but they still are not the best. My favorite films to watch are what the listener requests. And some of those are singer shows with shady, I confess. The only films I trust are what the listener requests. Hey! Oh, Rob's are still the worst. That is a point I have to stress. It goes Rob and then Bob and then me and then the... Listener request. I'll only watch a Robbie pick you forced under duress. I'd rather know the pleasure of a listener request. Hey! We're gonna watch a movie that a wiser soul suggests. It's time to celebrate. We got a listener request. This is an email from Zach. And Zach sent it into the podcast War Tennis Shoes at gmail.com. And he says, long time listener, first time emailer. First of all, if I could write more five star reviews, I would. Or just a single 10 star review. So starting <laughs> off on a good note, Zach, I got to say, this is this is a great letter so far. 10 out of 10. I initially wanted to request Halloween Town, but the season has passed, so I don't think it's fitting anymore. Instead, I want to offer two suggestions. Number one, High School Musical, the original. Number two, Home Alone 3. Well, we're getting to High School Musical. Maybe eventually we'll get to Home Alone 3, Zach. You only get one request. Don't hog all the requests, okay? Listener request <laughs> week number two Don't has got to bring in somebody all else. all the requests. It's our first and only request so far, but uh, he's hogging them all. If you want to join in the fun of listener request week, you can send in an email to the podcast war tennis shoes at gmail.com or you can find listener us request week. We released one episode a week, Sean. And this week it's a request. So it's listener request week. Right. Listen, it's the best week of the year. OK, we can we can give one to our fans. All right. We can give back to the community, Rob. We get so much from them. (laughs) You can also reach us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I guess, maybe if it's still around, although I don't check it out too much because of, you know, that guy. Um, And it's uh, at Pod War or just search for the podcast War Tennis Shoes at any of those places. Uh, Send us a direct message. We'd be happy to do a second listener request week because otherwise it's just going to be Zach's second request. (laughs) 
<laughs> so get ready for Home Alone 3, I guess. It's like uh, Freshie Week, except for it happens more than once a year. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully this happens more yes. than once a year. I hope so. Before we do, though, we got to do our regular reoccurring segment. Has anyone writ, wrote, root a review? <laughs> I need constant validation like it's always my birthday or a special occasion. I'm a needy little bitch and I keep asking, have you listened to the show? When's that gonna happen? There's an easy little box in that application where you can have your voice heard through aggregation. So let's take a look. Let's take a peek. Did anybody write a review this week? You can recommend an episode of which to begin Like the drinking game where I consumed a bottle of gin Or maybe you think it's best to start at the top When the audio was crappy but the banter was not You can tell the world you left a time Travel confessions, oh you never heard a better Gonzo Dickens impression So give me a break don't be a jerk It only takes a minute And it isn't much work Maybe you don't like the genre And you're more of a true crime fan Well, if you're looking for a host To bring you stories of murder Then listen to I'm your man See, Rob is about to go missing He'll be last seen tomorrow at noon Maybe he'll be dead or maybe he'll just be camping Either way, that's still worth the review, right? Here's a sample, feel free to use it The podcast is funny, especially the music I always like to listen to it on my commute I think the thoughts on monetary policy are astute I laughed so hard at their jokes that I crashed my car But it was totally worth it Five stars, so let's take a look, let's take a peek. Did anybody write a review this week? Let's take a look. I'm waiting, Rob. No. No! Nobody wrote a review. Nobody wrote a review this week. We were on such a roll, too. Yeah, we had that one. We had 100% success rate for a while there. <laughs> Well, we're finished with that regular segment. Bit of a bust. All right, let's hope that uh, the next segment is a bit better. You know what the next segment is, Rob? The show. No, no, actually, there's a different segment. I'm inserting a new... Oh, my God. I have another segment. Another segment? (laughs) It's a big week for us on segments. Not Torch Talk? Oh, no, Torch Talk is coming. This is the segment where I get Bob and Rob to recite the title of the show. Hey! A bunch of times, so that I can insert it into the beginning of the episode. (laughs) I swear to God, if you ask me to do a Pauline Shore impression, I will not. All right, well, that's enough for this segment this week. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Now we get to our other reoccurring segment, Rob. What's the name of it? The show. Let's get to the show. The show, yes, let's get to the show. Okay, we're talking about High School Musical. There's a story about... Two houses, both alike in Disney, in fucking Disney, both alike in Disney, but also alike in dignity, (laughs) the jocks and the nerds. And it's also about a third house with much less dignity. The drama kids. Drama club (laughs) freaks. Much less dignity. It's directed by Kenny Ortega, who we know from Hocus Pocus. He also did Newsies. 
And then he was put in director jail for a while, but then he came back with a bang. Rob, is there anything you want to say about this movie before you start? You've seen it before, right? Uh, I have seen this movie before. Uh, my wife and I, uh, a number of years ago, every once in a while, we will uh, just decide on a random Saturday that it's a good idea to play... Uh... High School Musical? <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a high school musical Saturday. No, no, no. Uh, really bad movie trilogy drinking games. So we will just decide to watch a trilogy of films and play drinking games while we watch them. What are some other really bad movie trilogies? Uh, well, it wasn't quite a trilogy, uh, but we'd already seen the first two. So we watched Twilight 3 and 4 and 4.5. Okay. All right. Those are pretty bad. We got halfway through Twilight 3 when we realized we had both already seen it. And we got really upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we watched uh, three of the Resident Evil films. Which three? I don't remember. It's like Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil Afterlife, or Apocalypse, or I, I don't I Apocalypse, don't know. Afterlife, Extinction? Sure. I will say, though, that uh, I don't remember much of this film. Uh, it could be all of the drinks, because uh, some of the rules were uh, every time that they say Wildcat, you take a drink. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. How are you still alive, Rob? I know, right? Like, did you end up in the hospital? Like, I'm genuinely concerned. Yeah, they said if you want to play it on hard, uh, you you have to uh, say, uh, you have to take a drink uh, every time they say what team as well. So that's six drinks in a row. <laughs> did you head in the game? <laughs> Yeah, and another one was every time uh, Chad or, or the actor's name Corbin Blue uh, holds a basketball for no reason. Isn't that every scene that he's in? Every scene that he's in. Yeah, so I, I mean, by the time that High School Musical 1 was over, uh, we were we were pretty good and liquored up. All right. I don't remember High School Musical 2, let me just tell you that. I think they go to a golf course? Wait, no, no, I remember it. Um, They all get summer jobs at the same golf course. <laughs> because of course you do. Coincidentally? I think so. Do they just do the same meet cute again where he's like, ah, what are you doing here? No, 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 shot, shot, shot. It wasn't just Gabriella and Troy. It was uh, Hat Boy and Sharpay and Chad and like the whole basketball team and absolutely every character decided to work at this golf course for the summer. I think that's too. Did you you call Lucas Grabeel Hat Boy? Yeah, there's Hat Boy and (laughs) Piano Girl. Well, Hat Boy and Piano Girl. In 3D. (laughs) In 3D. Hat Boy and Piano Girl. <laughs> the Robert Rodriguez film. That's right. Okay, Bobby, what is your experience with High School Musical? I assume you haven't seen it. I had not seen this one. I'm fairly sure I'd seen High School the Musical 3. <laughs> high School the Musical 3? <laughs> is it the musical? It's High School Musical. It's a musical adaptation of the film High School. High School, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was in town for a funeral and what you guys thought would cheer me up would be to invite me over to watch oh high school music three we are the worst people ever sean <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that aspect <laughs> uh, me too oh no <laughs> i'm so sorry bobby i'm so sorry that's no, okay <laughs> makes for good pod so it's all good why are you still friends with us <laughs> you wouldn't tell me. I said, hey, I'm in town. Do you guys have any plans? And you said, yes, but you're not going to like it. Oh, no. And then we watched High School Musical 3, the sequel to High School Musical 2, which we had also not seen. Yeah. Um, what did you think of High School Musical 3? I don't remember um, because I blocked it from my mind. But I was watching this one and part of me was wondering, like, did I did I watch this one or did they just reuse all the same <laughs> gags for the third movie? 
because it seemed very familiar, even though I was pretty sure we watched High School Musical 3. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I had that deja vu sensation as well watching this. I'm fairly certain I have never seen this film before, uh, and the only one that I saw was High School Musical 3, when I decided to, for some reason, ruin a funeral. (laughs) I don't think we made him watch it at the funeral, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) We just wheel it in. (laughs) It was after the funeral. (laughs) The deceased has a message for everybody. I just played High School Musical 3. Hour and a half, High School Musical 3. Suddenly I have an idea for my own funeral. Um, (laughs) That's my Tom and Huck goal. I'm just hiding in the rafters watching everybody watch High School Musical 3. If you don't finish it, you didn't love me. This is my final wish, is to make everyone watch this video. Assuming I outlive you, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat at your funeral just waiting for you to appear. He's in the rafters. Look up. Like the wheel at the TV and I'll be like, nah, he's alive. He's alive, guys. Don't worry about it. I also had the same sensation like watching it. I was like, have I seen this film before? And then I said, oh, wait, I have. It's called Grease. <laughs> I said that to my wife and she was just like, wait a minute. I mean, in addition to Grease, it's also just Romeo and Juliet. It's all the same things over and over again. Despite being in a production of Grease in high school with both of you, I've still never actually seen Grease. You did. It's called High School Musical. Okay. Um, apparently, I was reading some IMDb trivia. Originally, the script was written as a soft sequel to Grease, uh, and they were going to get John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John to, like, play the coach and the drama teacher or something. I also read that, and I am 100% certain that is false information. It's a combination of true things that have culminated into a false story that is on IMDb trivia. Gotcha. Because I looked into that, because I was like, really, that would explain why it's so much like Grease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't find any actual evidence that was true. And in fact, I read a bunch of interviews with the writer. His name is uh, Peter Barsicchini, I believe. And it didn't sound like he was adapting Grease. He was hired to kind of do an original high school musical musical. Mm -hmm. And I'll get maybe to the background of that in a minute. Um, But he never mentions adapting Grease. So in the year 2000... NSYNC, particularly Lance Bass, apparently did an interview where he said, oh, NSYNC is going to remake Grease. We're going to make Grease 3, and Justin Timberlake is going to play the John Travolta character. Danny Zuko. Danny Zuko. NSYNC is going to be the, I don't know, what are they called? The the Sharks? The Jets? (laughs) T-Birds. Britney Spears is going to play Lady Danny Zuko, whatever her name is. Sandy! (laughs) Sandy. <laughs> and that got picked up on a bunch of news sites. It was in The Guardian. It was like a major story. It was like, and there's going to be a Grease 3, and Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears are going to be in it. And then shortly thereafter, apparently there was a correction where it was like, yeah, they don't own the rights to that, and I don't know what the fuck Lance Bass is talking about. <laughs> so that just wasn't a thing. Like a year or two later, Paramount did announce Grease 3. Now, I stress here, Paramount announced Grease 3, which mm. owns the rights to Grease. Yeah. And it was going to star John Travolta and and uh, Olivia Newton-John. In, like uh, They were going to return to their roles, but they were going to have kids or something. That ended up falling through and it never ended up happening. And I think this whole high school musical thing is an invention of someone who thought, well, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears were Mouseketeers. 
part of the Mickey Mouse Club, so they were Disney people,、mm. and they were going to do Grease, so that would have been Disney Grease, and then they made High School Musical. Like I think it's just some game of telephone where somebody made that up. I really don't think this ever had any connection to Grease, other than it's just a copy of Grease. Yes. <laughs> Let me bring you back all the way to the early two thousands to a little known show that you might know called the Even Stevens Show. Not the Even Stevens movie, but the Even Stevens show. You may not know this little known fact came before the movie. Little known fact: we did an episode of it. In this Even Stevens show, they did an episode that was a musical, and it was such a huge success. It was the most successful、uh, episode Even Stevens ever did. It had the highest ratings, and so the Disney Channel said, "Well, we should do a musical episode of other shows." And so they did a That's So Raven musical episode, and that one also was a huge success. And so Disney said, "Why aren't we doing more musicals?" And so they commissioned a high school musical. And so the commission literally just said, "We want high school students doing a high school musical, and it's a musical. Write it." And then they got back a script that was like a high school musical, and they're like, "Ah,、oh, we'll think of something better." And they didn't. <laughs> But I'm glad they didn't because I actually think that that's a good title. I like a good title, and I hate a bad title. And I just think high school musical is a great title for this musical. Uh, it might be the only thing that's great about this thing, but I think it's a great title, so I'm glad they stuck with it. <laughs> oh, there's there's one great thing about this movie. When we get to it, you got to point it out. It's the poster of the basketball team. That is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, that glamour poster is amazing. It's so good. Why would that be in your high school? <laughs> He could not look more scared or awkward on that larger than life size pic- picture of him in the hallway. It's not life size. It's like no, it's, it's, it's larger than life. <laughs> it's larger than life because Vanessa Hudgens literally leans up against it, and she's her、yeah. her head is the size of her, like his eyeball. And what's the funniest thing is they were in a working high school, so theoretically that was just on the wall while kids were going to class. Bobby, I'm throwing it to you. How does this movie start? It's New Year's, and they're at a skiing chalet. But yeah, the Skiing chalet also has an indoor basketball court. No, the ski chalet has a ten foot by ten foot space that they've put a basketball net and two stationary bicycles in, and called a gym. I see. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> and they have a、uh, like a ballet bar in the back. It was like a ballet studio that I'm assuming Zac Efron and his dad brought the basketball net with them on their vacation. <laughs> I'm assuming Zach Efron didn't. I'm assuming his dad did because his dad is way too invested in his son's career. Did he? So he checked that at the airport. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's on wheels. Do you think that that came down the ramp while they're waiting for luggage? Just this big like basketball. Net. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even disassemble it. It's stuck in the machinery. They're like, "Who brought the basketball net?" But it was, and then the dad was like, "I did it. You got a problem with that?" And like got up in their face because this dad has a crazy temper. Oh, he's a psychopath. Yeah, we will get to that on the family vacation. And Zach Efron's dad is forcing him to play basketball instead of skiing, which is why you go to a ski resort. He somehow ends up. Doing karaoke. Yeah, so he gets sent to the kids' party because the parents are going to go to a nice fancy ski resort New Year's party where they're going to drink alcohol and the kids have to go to the lame kids' party. I have a note about this party and the note just says, "Background acting is tough." <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's all I'll say. <laughs> Background acting in this whole movie it's, is tough. It's tough. <laughs> They gave it their best. Yeah, you know they force him on stage at gunpoint to sing a song. Yeah, and they do that to Vanessa Hudgens too, who just wants to read her book because she brought a book to a party. Yeah, yeah, nerd wants to read her book. Tells you everything you need to know. Jock wants to jock, and nerd wants to nerd. Two houses alike in dignity. <laughs> But they end up singing a song together, and、um, 
the first song in the musical. I mean, no, he doesn't. Okay, yeah. He lip syncs to somebody else singing the song. He does that throughout the whole movie, so. It's not unique to this song. It is Vanessa Hudgens' voice, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I've seen Vanessa Hudgens more recently in Tick, Tick, Boom. She has a small part in that. She's really good, and she has a beautiful voice. In this film, um, I found her voice quite grating in this film. Uh, did you prefer Sharpay's? Nope. I don't really think I liked any of them. <laughs> That sums up my feelings about the entire film <laughs> and everyone in it. But we get Zac Efron's um, voice double, Millie Vanilling, him. To, I guess the, the background of that is that Zac Efron actually is a trained singer, but he just doesn't have a huge range. And the songs were written mm. before he was cast. And the songs were written for someone with a higher range, with notes that he couldn't hit. And so they had someone else sing the songs, and he just lip-synced. But for the second and third films, he does sing the songs himself, because they were written for his actual vocal range. So that's the background of that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, do we have anything to say about this song? It's not good. None of these songs are good. This one's not good. It's the first of the bad songs. What's the, what's the song? Start as something new or something? Because it's New Year's? You're gonna like this stuff. We're going to have so many of these films, and then there's going to be a TV show that's going to go forever. Those are the lyrics. Have, have you heard the song Start of Something New before? To me, it just seems like they grabbed two cold people off the street and just asked them to sing a song that they'd never heard before. That the host had written? Yeah, that the host had <laughs> written. Like, sing my song. This is the only way I can get people to sing my song. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. they do, because they stop looking at the monitors and look into each other's eyes, and they obviously know this song. They do that so many times. There's another scene where they're training with Piano Girl, and uh, they just, she gives them fresh pages, and they just know the lyrics without looking at it immediately. Yeah, Zac Efron, who has no musical training and has only sung in the shower, apparently can sight-read vocal lines on cue so good for him yeah although to be fair seeing zach efron on this movie i believe that he has an unlimited well of talent so maybe he can do that i think it's impressive how good he is at basketball you know like within the context of film <laughs> he apparently practiced for three hours every day like he took it very very seriously and i am impressed and i want to give him points for that because like in movies you see people and they like will take a shot and then it cuts to a shot of a basketball going into the net, and then everybody applauds. But here, they just go wide. And there'll be long sequences where he'll then take a jump shot and get it in the net. And you're like, this is amazing. Like, considering mm -hmm. if you miss, everybody's like back to ones. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was trying to keep a tally of it. Uh, I don't think he actually misses a shot uh, up until he's in his sad boy funk. Oh, yeah. Up until the all is lost moment. Yeah. Dude's a movie star in this film. Uh, whatever you think about the film and whatever you think about whatever he's doing here, you're watching, you're like, well, yeah, he's obviously going to be in more films. He's got charisma to spare. Uh, he can dance even if he can't sing these songs. And like, uh, he can do a jump shot. Those are, That's the triple threat. That's the true Disney triple Triple threat. That's true. Okay. I mean, it's good that you got a haircut, but besides that, he's actually really good in this movie. He's I, better than everybody else in this film. And I just, he does have charisma. You watch it and you're like, yeah, this is totally a movie star. You know, they could have got the voice double to do the acting as well. Could he play basketball? No, he's a double threat. <laughs> have you guys seen uh, 17 again? Yeah, I like that movie. He's good in it. Yeah, so did I. He plays a lot of basketball on it. He's putting those practice sessions to good use. I mean, that honestly probably was it. It's like I had to I had to practice three hours a day. I am using it on my next film. Yeah. They sing their little song. Then what happens? And then we get uh, flip phones. We get some early 2000s. What was it? Like the Nokia Razor or something? Motorola. Something. Razor. Motorola, whatever the hell it was. Uh, we get some sweet, sweet early 2000s flip phones, which, uh, just went along with the early 2000s, uh, styling in this film. It's actually kind of late 2000s. It's 2006, but it's pre-iPhone, which is like 2008-ish. Yeah. 
2007, 2008. So this is the end of flip phone era. They have a nice moment. They give each other their numbers. uh, And it's the countdown to New Year's. And they're like, well, maybe we should uh, kiss, shouldn't we? But it's a Disney movie, so they can't kiss. Yeah. No summer loving. No winter loving was had. I do have a question about these fireworks. They weren't there. They're fake. (laughs) Did this ski resort blow up the Death Star? (laughs) <laughs> yes yay yes they must yeah they, they kind of look like that have. those are the most death star explosion looking fireworks i'd ever seen i half expected them to start singing yup yup to be perfectly <laughs> honest I, I actually would have enjoyed that <laughs> <laughs> and then uh before before zach efron can kiss the girl uh she runs away and says i have to go wish my mom a happy new year and then it cuts back to albuquerque new mexico where our story takes place tell me about albuquerque new mexico rob they go to what is it east side high or something in new mexico i do have a question for you about albuquerque can anyone tell me what is the percentage of hispanic people within albuquerque new mexico is it two is it vanessa hudgens and her mom well vanessa hudgens and her mom are not hispanic I think they're supposed to be. Vanessa Hudgens is Filipino. <laughs> Filipina. No, no, but but in the movie, her name is Gabriela Montez. Okay, okay, but I'm saying Albuquerque, New Mexico. What is the Hispanic percentage of Albuquerque, New Mexico? 50 plus. So over 50%. What's the Hispanic percentage of this school? Looking like a whopping zero. Vanessa Hudgens. I guess if you count Vanessa Hudgens, who is not Hispanic, <laughs> then one, the person who arrived, the new girl. That's right. Like, before they went on winter break... It was zero. <laughs> Very Disney Channel, I have to say. Yes. Considering they shoot all of their stuff in Salt Lake City, all of their shows look like they were shot in Salt Lake City. High school full of Mormons. Bobby, tell me what happens next. They get to high school. Zach Efron gets off the bus. You see a bunch of kids skateboarding in helmets, alling into the grass. Oh, man, it's bored in the background with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I need another theme song I need to write. Well, there, there's more to that come later, later in the show. Um, yeah, they kind of show... Oh, yes, it would be. Everyone in the school, I think it's you get to get the demographic of all the students. There's like kids that all skateboard and helmets. I don't know. I focused on the skateboarding. <laughs> You're gonna be really happy in that status quo song, Bob. Rob, you tell me what happened next then. Corbin Blue who wears three watches for no reason. It's never addressed, and he has three watches on. And I wanted to know why. Maybe they have different time zones. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's a day trader. <laughs> he needs to know what the time is in London and Tokyo because he's working three different stock exchanges. Theater class is first period, right? That's their homeroom, but yes. Their teacher is a... It's just the worst person in the whole film. Okay, so we got to talk about this classroom because this teacher has built a dais with a throne. Yeah, a dais. On which she sits yeah. in front of a velvet curtain. Oh, my God. And she apparently teaches from this throne. Because I, I thought at first the realm of this classroom was that she had set up a mini stage and you would get up and they were doing a Shakespearean unit. And I was like, oh, no, she's just a megalomaniacal egomaniac. Can we address how she says the word musical? Musical. I wanted to turn the show off. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you heard that? No, no, it was like the third time. It wasn't the first time. I was like, oh, is this like a a thing that they did this time to, to show what this teacher's like? And they just didn't stop. I actually rewatched this scene because I was trying to figure out what was going on because I thought I was confused about what was happening because it makes zero sense to me. There's three things I want to point about point out about this scene. First of all, thrown and dice. That's odd. Second of all, it appears to be a drama class where everyone there hates drama. Mm -hmm. beyond even just like, oh, I hate school and I hate all of my classes. 
the premise of this movie is that Zac Efron and all of his friends are too cool for drama, and they think drama is insane and you would never be involved in it. But they're in drama class, clearly. But they're taking drama class, which clearly has to be an elective. Like, that's not a mandatory class in any high school. Wow, I never thought of that. That's that's so freaking dumb. Here's the third thing that's weird about this class. It lasts four minutes. I know. (laughs) They walk into the class, they take attendance, they get their phones taken by the teacher, and then the bell rings and they leave. Yeah, and they, they have exactly enough time to all get detention. Detention only lasts 15 minutes at this school, so class must be really fast. Okay? Everything goes by really quickly. I did like the slave labor this teacher uses that she has this torch. She, she has detention so that she they can build the sets for the musical. Well, which is why she's so free to hand out detention. She just hands it out to everybody. <laughs> Do they perform the musical in High School Musical 3? I don't remember because for a film that's all about being in a musical, they don't actually put it on in this film. I was genuinely shocked. I got to the end and I was like, they don't do the high school musical? What happened to Tinseltown? Twinkletown? Whatever the hell it's called. It's high school musical, The Callback. That's what this is. (laughs) The audition. Yeah, it's the audition. Uh, But does that happen on High School Musical 3 or no? I don't think so, because the second one is them, like, on their summer break. So the musical of High School Musical is done off screen. They never do a musical in any of these films? I don't (laughs) think. So? Hey, never mind. I take it back. It's not a good title. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do in three. I think they might actually do a musical. Yes, they do. Because, uh, uh, they do. Because the, uh, Juilliard person is there. That's Troy Bolton? See, I keep trying to picture it in my mind, but instead I'm just picturing Jonah Held in the Peter Pan costume from 21 <laughs> Jump Street. And I know that's not High School Musical 3. That is not. My favorite shot actually in the this classroom scene is when he like does the double take to be like, wow, is that the girl I saw like a few days ago? And like has to pull out his like shitty Nokia phone to look at this awful pixelated picture to be like, yeah, that's definitely her. He sees her from behind. Like he sees her the back of her head and doesn't see her face and then texts. But then he pulls out his phone and he goes, enhance. And then the, the, the picture of her like rotates within the phone. And he's like, that is her. That is the back of her head. That is the back of her head. So they all get detention, right? Yeah, the slave labor detention from uh what's what's this what's this person's name? It's like Mrs. Darby O'Gill or something. Darvis or something. Yeah, Darvis O'Gill. Yeah, Darvis okay. O'Gill. <laughs> the play isn't cast yet. Why why are they building the sets? It also hadn't been written yet according to the things that happened throughout the rest of this film because the songwriter Piano Girl. Didn't have all the songs written because she's writing them throughout the movie. Yeah. She, she apparently got the job based on an IOU. Uh, Sharpay says to Piano Girl, uh, I've been in 17 productions. W- uh, uh, what? What? <laughs> H- how many theater productions did this school put on? And they all started, starred what I'm guessing is a freshman. She's not a senior in high school because there are some 30-year-old people on that basketball team. So she she's one of the young ones, <laughs> right? Vanessa Hudgens' best friend is 26 years old in this movie. Right, exactly. So, like, how did Sharpay star in 17 productions? Is there one every two weeks? I'm not sure if it's supposed to be some sort of joke because she's supposed to be, like, 17 years old. I don't think so. I think, I think Sharpay has actually been in 17 productions. Like, let's think of that for a second. The, wait, wait, I'm going to do the freaking math on this. So, like, you go to school for September to... They're not in senior year, so they're in grade 11, right? Uh, sure, okay. High School Musical 3 is senior year, so now they're in grade 11, which means she would have had two and a half years, because this is New Year's. So she would have had two and a half... Right. 
high school years. No, no, because this is America, so there's middle school. Oh, so it's like oh, it's like grade eight. Crap, you're right. So when when does high school start? Is it just grades eleven and twelve, or is Tan also high school? I think it's eleven and twelve. So she's been in seventeen productions in in three months since September. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? God damn it! <laughs> Fucking hate Sharpe. <laughs> Wow, you're really not going to like High School Musical 4. <laughs> Is it Sharpay's Revenge? You're close. I'm just going to bring it up now. How many High School Musical movies do you think there are? I thought there was only three. Well, then there's the, the High School Musical, the the series, the musical, the movie. Uh, there's something between those two. Is it the show Glee, which is just High School the Musical, but not this show? <laughs> it's a film called Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. No, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> Rob, as the as the person who hates musicals and is forced to record this episode, how are you angrier than me right now? I can't stand Sharpay. Take a wild guess at who co-stars with Ashley Tisdale in the high school musical spin-off film Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. It's not Hat Boy. <laughs> is it Piano Girl? It's not Piano Girl. You get one more guess. You only had three Hannah guesses. Hannah Montana. Austin Butler from the <laughs> Elvis film. <laughs> He was actually dating Vanessa Hudgens for a while. Yeah, he co-starred in Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure as her romantic interest. Jesus. So tune in next week to the podcast War Tennis no. Shoes. Oh no. my god. God, no. <laughs> Let's get through this film, Matt. I'm now upset. I'm now I'm now in a bad mood. <laughs> you were happy when we started. You were like, oh, we really enjoyed watching I this was. film. And then you found out Sharpay had a spinoff and you're just like, Fuck this, I'm burning it all down. Podcast is canceled. They all get detention. Uh, after after class, we've got to say, after class, uh, Troy Troy Bolton takes uh, Gabriella Montez through a tour of the school. They see the sign-ups for uh, the music hall, and Sharpay signs up uh, for the pairs. So one thing I don't get, the way that, that the auditions work in this school is apparently... For all of the supporting parts, you audition by yourself. But for the lead, the two leads, the two leads, the two leads, you have to audition as a pair. Why? Why? Because why? The, why? Because like all high school theatrical productions, they're rigged so the teachers can just hire the students they like from their classes. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, like all high school productions, you have to get a brother and sister to kiss. Yeah, I was going to go in that direction. I, To be perfectly honest, it's very clear that this is a romantic couple. Like, this is not this is not a figure skating couple, where it's a technical term. The part is no. for an actual couple who are going to sing love songs to one another and I assume, at one point, must kiss. And so I have to ask, yes. what game of thrones shit is going on in this film where these twins fuck if i know are apparently going to kiss on stage took me a while to kind of figure out that they were brother and sister like i thought he was maybe just like her like entourage and then i was like oh no they're supposed to be related and their relationship just gets creepier and creepier as the film gets on yeah never never mind the fact that he's like dressed like a 40 year old trying to relive his glory days from the 1970s what is it taylor that's uh uh, Vanessa Hudgens' friend, uh, Monique, uh, she says something along the lines of, uh, Sharpay, something like she would figure out a way to play both parts in Romeo and Juliet if it meant that she didn't have to share the stage with her brother or something. And I was like, I took that to be, like, one of those 17 productions was Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> like, clearly, yeah. she played Juliet, he played Romeo, they kissed on stage. They're twins. Yeah. What What is going on mm -hmm. here? And this drama teacher keeps casting them to kiss on stage. <laughs> like, this is borderline a crime that is occurring. I also hate that Sharpay is just a really 
bad, like, clueless mean girls knockoff character, but way worse written. Oh, nobody's well written in this movie. There were some things that uh, Lucas Grabeel, who plays... Ryan Evans, the twin brother. There were there were moments where he made me chuckle. <laughs> like at the end when he's dancing and just hip thrusting violently on the bleachers. That wasn't what made me chuckle. That was weird. That was more <laughs> no? creepy weird shit. But I'm just throwing <laughs> it, it out there. Um, I liked his uh what, when they did their first audition. Do 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 ba do ba do ba. Um uh just the the goofy dumb look on his face as they're singing the <laughs> dumbest thing in the world. Like it it made me laugh. Like like, I feel like he nailed the moment. Like, yeah. I was like, yes, that is exactly how you play this this moment. And he wears hats. That's all I got about well, he that He is guy. hat boy. He is hat boy. <laughs> he wears really, like, really bad hats, though. Like, there's every hat is somehow worse than the last hat you wore in the last scene. I don't understand it. The reason why I said hat boy and piano girl is at the very, like, the very end, the, we're all in this together. They're, like, wearing the same outfit. Uh, but, of course, uh, piano girl's wearing a bowler for some reason, and he's wearing a fedora. But besides that, they're, like, wearing the same thing. And I was like, oh. So they have their own little mini grease where she adopts his physique. That's right. That's what it is. I will also wear hats so I could be with you. Yeah. I got chills. They're multiplying. What, can we get to the basketball singing song? I actually made a note. Like, it's right after that, I went, oh, no, there's going to be a basketball song. And then they started, like, dribbling his percussion. Yeah, Troy Bolton, Zach Efron, wants to be with Vanessa Hudgens because he's got a crush on this girl he just met. And he wants to sing with her because he loved it so much. And he wants to audition for the high school musical. But he doesn't want to seem lame in front of his judgmental friends who think that musicals and theater are lame, despite the fact they all took drama class. He has internal torment. And that manifests itself in the first actual kind of choreographed musical sequence, which is terrible. It's this stupid basketball thing. Tell me about it, Rob. Well, they they, they sing Get Your Head in the Game, and it's I think it's the most obvious uh, lip-syncing song in the whole movie, I want to say. Uh, it sounds nothing like Zac Efron. I also feel like he probably had a hard time lip-syncing it. Like, if someone asked me to lip-sync this, it would physically be difficult because of the revulsion I would feel. <laughs> <laughs> to this song? Just get Your Head in the Game? It's one of the worst songs I've ever... Get They're Get you, get you, get your head in the oh game. Oh my god. It's it's just the most annoying shit. These songs, they all charted when this movie came yeah. out. Yeah. And they're terrible. That's the most insane insane thing. They are terrible. They, they don't actually say who people who's singing. So it, like on it says it's like Troy and Gabriella is like the artists on yeah, the song. Because they're lying, because they, they can't say it's Zach Efron. People thought Zach Efron was the singer and he was like charting. On the yeah. Billboard Hot 100. I mean, the funny thing is, is that he actually is a very good singer who has been in musicals now. Yeah. Like um, the fantastic Mr. Uh, racist Elephant Killer. Dumbo? Water for Elephants? Hugh Jackman Elephant Killer movie. Oh, oh the, great, yeah, the Greatest yeah, yeah, Showman. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Yes, the Racist Elephant Killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Yeah, yeah. And um, Hairspray? He he overcame those uh, yeah. Milli Vanilli-esque beginnings and then so they sing this terrible song about getting your head in the game my overall arcing problem with this film and most musicals in general um and we can start with this song because i wrote some kind of detailed notes on it and <laughs> you wrote detailed notes about this get your head yeah. in the game oh i want to hear rob uh, bob's breakdown of get your head in the game my only note is that these guys are 30 uh, that was my only <laughs> note i made so please here's my thing and this is my problem with this film and as i say most musicals in general is that he signs up for the thing and is worried everyone's gonna read that he's auditioned and like oh no what if anyone finds out i'm gonna be a singer better get my head in the game and they all start dribbling and then to hide how worried he is about singing the entire basketball team breaks into a choreographed song and dance and i was like yes this is a dance practice this why are you so worried about 
this. You all can sing and dance. Like, it's stupid. Well, it's, okay, so it's yeah. it's a non-diegetic song. It's his head. It's a fantasy sequence. They're not actually singing and dancing. It's in his head, and he needs to get his head in the game body. Or it's it's just it's just like an artistic representation. It would be the same as if it suddenly there was an animated sequence halfway through the film. You know, like it's just supposed to be an artistic choice to represent the internal turmoil of the character, but it's represented through song. In a movie that is a musical about a guy that's afraid to sing. I know. I actually like the irony of it. If if only the movie was smarter about that. But <laughs> Yeah. My favorite part about what Robbie was just saying with the scene of like she needs to get some dirt on the new girl is that whatever the search the internet website browser it yes. uses I think that is literally what it's called. Yes. Search the internet.com. You can just type in the name of a random teenager and just Google everything about them in like less than ten seconds. <laughs> to be fair, that is what Google does. I can type in your name and it'll bring up any newspaper story you've been maybe, in. maybe i mean yeah i don't know it's it's just weird it was just, i was like oh wow well, you can just like go to the library and just like look up teenagers on the internet okay that's, that's... well somebody hasn't been googling his own name every day <laughs> like maybe you should be using search the internet not google and might more results might come up it's been almost 20 years the site could come back who knows <laughs> that and the penny farthing robbie sitting on both the domain name and that warehouse. <laughs> I think now they have detention. Uh, and it's only 15 minutes, but somehow they managed to be there for... They, like, miss all of basketball practice in a 15-minute detention. It's bizarre. Yeah. Like, what is happening? It's freaking hilarious. And the dad, uh, the coach comes up and, like, chews out the uh, drama teacher because they're missing 15 minutes. If this movie would have just ended with, like, Zac Efron's dad and the theater teacher fucking, I would have been totally satisfied <laughs> because that's really what this one was building up to. Apparently they were supposed to have a duet, but they cut it. Be- because it was too sexually charged. They had to cut the film. They're like, no, this is not Disney Channel friendly. <laughs> the dad does have one funny line. His delivery was pretty good when he came in there. He just yelled, what the heck are those two doing in a tree? I don't know. I burst out <laughs> laughing at that one. <laughs> To him, that's like the end all be all. It's like um, the dad from Million Dollar, uh, sorry, not Million Dollar Duck, um, the Shaggy Dog, where he's like, the one thing I don't want, what are you doing in a tree? All right, yeah, so they find out that Gabriella is a super smart kid who won a lot of scholastic awards, and so Sharpay's big idea to keep Gabriella from auditioning for the musical and therefore jeopardizing her ability to be in her 18th straight musical in the past four months. <laughs> Um, is to tell the Scholastic team that Gabriella is smart, at which point they will pressure her into then also joining the Scholastic team and taking her out of commission. I guess that's that's the plan. And it works. Sort of, I guess. Although, eventually, Gabriella realizes that you can be in more than one thing. (laughs) Yeah. And Sharpay's like, no, I didn't think that far ahead. And then we get a a scene um, of Troy and his dad practicing in their, the insanely hugest house ever. The biggest mansion. This guy's a fucking P.E. teacher. I know. And they live in a mansion. It is New Mexico, so I'm assuming that thing, like, cost maybe, like, 80, 90 grand. Yeah, it's like Texas-style McMansions. Yeah. When did High School Musical 2 come out? Was it 2008? Because I'm assuming that's Probably. why they, they don't film it there, because their house obviously got foreclosed on in the housing crash, right? Come on, we all know we all know that Troy Bolton's father had a subprime mortgage. Oh, for that sure. was a PE teacher. Yes. In oh, yeah. this massive fucking mansion, they were a victim of the 2008 financial crisis. 100%. Which is the actual reason why he never went to Juilliard. Because his father... <laughs> Couldn't afford it. Explained to him that we we lost 
all of our money in the financial crisis. You have to go to the University of Albuquerque, but you need to pretend like uh, it was your choice. <laughs> Look, that's why there's so much pressure on Troy to get a basketball scholarship so he could pay their mortgage. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea how underwater we are, son. <laughs> That would maybe add up to why he's, like, such a psychopath to his own son. I mean, I initially got the read-off of him that he's just, like, one of those dudes that peaked in high school. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, yeah. And in they fact, even they almost say it. that. They're they just do. like, your the- father peaked in high school. Yeah, there yeah. was that whole scene about all the guys who peaked in high school. And they show, here's a picture of your dad who also peaked in high school. Don't you want to be just like him? So, yeah, maybe that's why he's so on edge because he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. He's got to get that scholarship. There's no way I can send him to school. He does not know where the fucking hole I am. Then the next scene we have is another one in... In the teacher's classroom, the drama teacher's classroom, saying that auditions for the musical will be held during third period. Why are they being held <laughs> during class? Because that's when Sharpay's available. And this is just a rigged scheme. Yeah. It's obviously it. No one, like, do they expect people to skip class to audition? Who is she getting to be in this musical? Because she makes it impossible for anyone to audition except, like, the four people who also weren't taking a third period. And then she's right. like, you four suck. Like, was it going to just be Sharpay and her twin brother making out on stage? <laughs> 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 Maybe. <laughs> yes, like, I what think was that she was making? her intention. I think that's what her intention was. Because she says, is there anybody else wants to audition and then troy and gabriella are just like they wait like 10 seconds and they're like yeah sure we want to audition and she's like no is this the audition where zach has to run through the entire school to get to the audition yes. so no one knows he's there including like hiding from his dad who's like soy boy senses are tingling he's like my son's going to that audition and is like terminator <laughs> exactly. through the school looking for him his dad is like <laughs> oh what is troy doing <laughs> What is Troy doing? Soy boy senses. <laughs> he like looks up from his desk. He's like, somebody's going to sing a song. <laughs> he gets up. He's like marching through that school. I'm sensing a song coming on. Flammable acetylene gas cylinders are dangerous. Pressurized combustion that is volatile and vaporous. Always check the installation of the bottle's valve cap prior to its storage to prevent a lethal mishap. Touch shock with bomb. Safety is of paramount importance for our purpose. Thermal energy can be conducted through a surface. Always for protection such as goggles or a face shield. Double check friendly kitchen on thoroughly intact seal. Touch shock. If you're ever spittled by a dragon or a wyvern Quickly rinse your eyes out to prevent an alkali burn Stay away from spaces with a single place of egress Only take them on at magic hour when they see less Touch shock With bomb Touch shock With bomb Touch shock Was there any torch talk there? He 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 goes through shop class. No PPE, no nothing. I mean, like, I don't know why the doors were open unless they were just waiting for someone to walk in while all the equipment's running and there's, like, a drill press. I mean, it's high school and maybe there are no rules. Kids are malleable. They'll bounce back. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You could, like, lose an eye. You'll be fine. So uh, they go to the audition. Uh, Sharpay and Hatboy, they, uh, they make their own rendition of the music, their own version of the song to audition to. They did a new arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's a goofy. It's one of the only actual sequences that I like because it's 
intended to be bad. Yeah. And they play it satirical. So they have like a goofy grin on their face and they're doing jazz hands and all this kind of stuff. And it's intended to be like, look how corny this is. It's a cheesy musical number. And yet it's the best musical number, I think, in the entire thing. And then afterwards, when uh, Piano Girl is like, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this. And then she plays her other version. And afterwards, I'm like, actually, Sharpay was right. No, her version was better. <laughs> like, they made the right choice. Like, your version sucks, Piano Girl. I'm sorry. So then Troy and Gabriella say the audition, but they don't get a fair shake. But then they sing with the Piano Girl anyway. Piano Girl explodes on stage. I like laughed so hard at that moment. She just decides to get up and then immediately fall down and throw all of her papers in the air. So, of course, Troy and Gabriella have to go save her and sing the song together. It's another moment where uh, they don't have to look at the lyrics, even though it's literally a new song that no one's ever heard before. Yeah. Well, they heard the other version. They heard Sharpay's version, right. which was better. Right. They haven't heard this worse version. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and then, like, a real creeper, the teacher just, like, comes out from behind a door frame and just goes, you have a callback. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate this character so much. She's, I, I mean, I know she's supposed to be annoying. Every time she's on screen, I just hate my life. Right? And then uh, she says that you're supposed to work with, uh, you're supposed to, Piano Girl has to work with Troy and Gabrielle. This is a weird plot point, because I'm just going to jump ahead here, because what happens is the Piano Girl then writes new music for the musical, Uh huh. gives it to Troy and Gabriella, yep. who then learn this new song for yep. their callback, Yep. while Sharpay... And her twin brother do a weird Spanish novelty thing that I assume isn't in the musical. <laughs> I like, assume what kind the of a callback thing. is this? The terrible drama teacher knows the choreography. So I'm assuming she was in on it. Like the entire time, she was always just going to cast Sharpay and Hatboy. Of course she was. Right? And that's yeah. her favorite song. She's like, I don't even care what song is in this yeah, musical. Yeah, 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 I want to hear that yeah. bop to the top uh -huh. song. What makes it even better is the fact that she spent, obviously, all her time training Sharpay and Hat Boy and then doesn't give him the role. Well, she can't. No, she has full casting power. It's an I am I am Spartacus moment. The entire school shows up. <laughs> yeah, the entire school shows to up. cast Troy. It would have been the funniest thing ever, though. Like, can you imagine being Sharpay in that moment? She's like, I got an in. Like, literally, I'm working with the, the person who can cast me right now. And then just not get it. Well, we rigged it so that I would get it, and I still lost it. Like, that's got to be embarrassing. They, they get a callback, right? And the callbacks are posted. It's the only two people that are, the only four people that auditioned for the whole thing are the callbacks, right? And Corbin Blue, Chad. He comes in and, like, is violently upset that Troy is getting a callback. Has ever sung a song. <laughs> that has ever sung a song. He's so mad. He's so upset that he only wore one watch. He forgot to put on the other two watches because he was so upset. <laughs> in fact, he is so upset by the fact that his friend sings a song that to tell him he shouldn't sing a song, he begins to break into song. Correct. Well, As they all do in a musical. Because this is the status quo song, right? It is. And all this song really highlights for me is that everybody at Eastside Eye is a fucking asshole. Correct. Ooh, yeah. Everybody except Zeke. I'm, I want to say something right now. Zeke is my favorite character Sorry, in the whole Zeke? movie. Zeke? Who's yeah. Zeke? Zeke's the guy, the creme brulee guy. The guy who likes to bake. Oh, the creme brulee guy. Oh, he's yeah. fine. Oh, he's fine. He's good. Easily the best person in the whole movie. He makes creme brulee. Why wouldn't he be? No, I'm seems just like saying, nice like, guy. as he seems like a well-adjusted human being. He's a good guy to know. He makes cookies for people. 
Yeah, exactly. He's a well-adjusted human being. Who's like, yeah, I like it. It's fun. I enjoy it. Like, I really want to make this for you guys. And they're all like, stay in your lane. And it's like, they're all like, we don't want any creme brulee. Get your cookies out of here, soy boy. <laughs> Probably made of soy. And then he uh, he just <laughs> happens to have a creme brulee on hand during the song, which was pretty funny. To like show them what it is. <laughs> yeah, he's like, creme brulee? Well, you must have really loved the um, um after credits uh, teaser scene. I did, except for Sharpay was in it, so I didn't. Yeah, uh, fair enough. If it was just Zeke talking to himself about eating, making cookies. Just talking to the creme brulee. Oh, the best. Man. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been so good. Can we get a High School Musical 5? It's just Zeke talking to creme brulee. <laughs> Zeke's fabulous creme brulee. Yeah, man. The best. Okay, I have a few things to say about this number, status quo. Yep. Like pretty much every song in this musical, I hate this song. It's a terrible mm-hmm. song. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's really hot, tough to listen to. Yep. On a more positive note, I think this number, more than anything else really highlights the benefit of getting somebody like Kenny Ortega to direct the film. I think it's well-directed. I think it's a good sequence. Like, I'm kind of a... Unlike Bobby, I don't hate musicals. Unlike Bobby, you know, I have warmth in my heart. Debatable. (laughs) You get a bunch of people doing a choreographed dance scene with, like, wide shots where the camera's moving in a choreographed way around people swinging around tables and jumping on tables. And I, I can get into it. And I thought that the choreography and the sequence itself was pretty good. I think it was a step above anything I would have expected for, like, a Disney Channel movie. It's too bad the song's terrible. Yeah. Two other things in the song that I'll point out. The first, this one white girl jumps on the table and she says that she's sick of being a nerd and her true secret passion is hip hop. And I went, oh God, is she going to rap? <laughs> and then she doesn't rap. So that was a bit of a relief. Uh-huh. The second thing is that then they go to the stoner skater crew and one of the stoner skaters has his own secret passion that he wants to reveal to them. And he says, I, uh, I play an instrument. And then he mimes playing the cello. And his stoner pal gets the biggest grin on his face and his face (laughs) lights up and he goes, the saw? Yeah. Because he thinks he's miming that he plays the saw and it's the happiest I've ever seen a single person in my entire life. (laughs) And then he goes, no, the cello. And then the guy goes, oh, and he's so (laughs) disappointed. I I just want to know why that guy was so excited that his buddy played the saw. To answer that question, how many people do you know that play the saw? Wouldn't you feel the same way? Right? I would be really excited. If there's like, I have a secret passion, I play the saw, and I would look exactly like that guy. The guy was probably just like, you know how many times we've been over at your house getting stoned, and you could have been playing the saw for me this whole time? <laughs> uh, for me and that crew, what stood out is noticing the weird attention to detail that Disney pays with this things. This was also the scene that gave me deja vu, because I remember noticing this in High School Musical 3. This skateboarder actually has two different colored shoelaces in his shoes. His right shoe is more worn, thus telling me he's goofy-footed. I actually went back and paused and tried to hands his shoes. Pretty sure they're Tim Gavin DVSs. That's kind of what that shoe looks like from the time. Um, The other thing I liked about that is that when he says, I have a secret passion, it's playing the cello. He brought the cello. He's playing it in the background for the rest of his song. Like, he's not so fucking secretive about it. No. And once again, that was bored in the background with Bob. Let's bring back that theme song. Do we have a theme song? I'm gonna have to make a theme song. few days ago I got a message from Bob He said if you got a skateboard I can get you a job The hours are long and the pay isn't great But 
there'll be plenty of downtime to come as a rain. So I showed up on set for a 4 a.m. call. We were shooting in a parking lot outside of a mall. Took my instructions from the third AD because the union rules require that no one else can talk to me. I don't need to emote, it's not exactly Stanislavski. I'm really only here to hit a mark and do an ollie. There are no small parts, but there's an us and an opus. You can see my contribution. In the back, and that'll focus behind the climactic tear filled monologue performed by the team beat. Top build, heart throb, it's accordingly profound. But I'm bored in the background with Bob. Tomorrow's a night shoot. I'm on set with an entourage. The second unit is shooting crowds for a montage. Recording mid out sound. While I'm bored in the background with Bob. Anyway, go ahead, Rob. The guy is clearly in band class in that high school. <laughs> so yeah. all of his friends know that he is in band class. No, because in, the, in in this high school, you have to sneak around to do your electives you want to sure. do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Every single person is just it's like... just sneaking between classes. That's all shop class is, is they're just like... Everyone <laughs> sneaks past to go to their next class. Third period spare is not a spare. It's actually just go do this class that you don't want to tell you. It's your... just everyone sneaking around. In the shop class, the camera is too focused on Zach Efron to notice that Zeke is sneaking through the shop class the other way to make it to the home ec lab for third period. One thing I did like about in this song is uh, that Zeke gives the creme brulee to the uh, stoner kid who plays the cello. Yeah, as you said, nothing bad to say about Zeke. He's a great guy. Great dude. Gotta love Zeke. He made it on the giant poster, too. Uh, where are we? Are we almost done this movie? We're pretty much done, right? Uh, we're, we're on the first rooftop scene. Oh, yeah. We're on the first rooftop scene. Romantically, Zach Efron takes Vanessa Hudgens up on the roof to show her this amazing secret garden. And she's like, wow, it's like a jungle up here. And there's like three potted plants. Yeah. <laughs> My mother's living room has more plants than that garden. <laughs> it does, for sure. He has a really good line here. It was some great acting. It was terrible. He says, My parents' friends are Always saying, your son is the basketball guy. Sometimes I just want to be a guy. Fucking cringed at that. Oh my god, was that bad. And that was Gavin About Gardens with Rob. <laughs> uh, I didn't really understand the logic of uh, this scene because the next one we get is a montage of them rehearsing with uh, Piano Girl. There's this bit where Troy is in a stairwell practicing. And then Hat Boy comes up a staircase right beside the stairwell? And I was like, how many buildings put stair 
staircases side by side. Like, normally they're on opposite sides of the building, or there's, like, a special thing for it. The dude is just going to a classroom door, but they're playing it off like it's a staircase. It really stood out to me. No, I completely agree, but it's also extremely weird because it's a stairwell that Zac Efron has somehow locked. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Catboy thinks is locked because he can't access yeah. it, and so he's, like, peering under the door to try to see who's in the stairwell. Seems like a, a yeah. terrible fire threat. Yeah, if you can't get out of the emergency exit. And so Efron has somehow commandeered a like a safety escape stairwell <laughs> a whole staircase as his like rehearsal space it's probably the staircase that goes up to the the roof oh it's the secret jungle roof staircase yeah. that nobody else can get into it's his dad gave him a key because his dad's a coach and he's like hey buddy if you ever need a breather go hang out with your plants i heard that oxygen makes you run faster yeah it's better for your basketball Go stand next to a plant and breathe. <laughs> You're not running fast enough. Go upstairs to the breathing room. During this montage, they are still, still, still making the sets for the drama department. They haven't cast the show yet. They haven't cast the show yet, and the musical's not finished. And how long is the callback process? Based on the sets that they're building, what is this show? Right? They're building a moon that can rise up and uh-huh. down. There is a tree. Yep. And then there's a camel wearing sunglasses. Those are the three <laughs> elements of this show. And the the musical is called Twinkle Town? For a second, when they first started doing it, honestly, when they first went to the auditions and they were building these sets, and then there was a camel wearing sunglasses, I honestly went, oh, are they doing Joseph? This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> high school musical about them doing Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? But no, no. it's Twinkle Town. It's a play that Piano Girl wrote that stars a camel, a tree, uh, and, uh, and a moon. <laughs> and Zac Efron. <laughs> and Zac Efron. And it's taken her months to write. Yeah. <laughs> she's not done yet. Yeah. She's like, all I know is there's a camel wearing sunglasses, okay? Yeah. Well, and, like, then, then, then that play plays funnier in the first scene when, like, Sharpay and her creepy brother are, like, doing her rendition of the song, and she's, like, trying to imagine the moon and the camel and them doing this popular. She's like, no, that's not how I imagined it. <laughs> It's not going to fit with the camel wearing sunglasses. You know what? This is totally inconsistent with the camel wearing sunglasses. You're not realizing my artistic vision. (laughs) You know what? From what we've seen of this play, of this musical, um, you know that the final act that uh, Sharpay and Hatboy do? Like, maybe that... It's in somehow, consistently, totally. <laughs> that is a number. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Piano Girl. The bop till you drop song? Okay. I think at this point, uh, we get a commercial break. There's four or five? Yeah, because the first two were made for TV. The third one was released in theaters, yeah. I gotta talk about Monique. Yeah. So Monique is the head of the Scholastic Club, so she's become like Gabriella's best friend. She is the head, she, she is the head of the nerd family. Would she be the Mercutio or is she the other family? I guess Mercutio is probably Corbin Blue, right? Yeah, probably. So then she's the other family. But at any rate, is she a eugenicist? <laughs> Please go on. She she seems really pro-eugenics. All of her dialogue is referring to other people as like subhuman mongrels and she like refers to basketball players as like animals and very tribal and then at one point when she confronts gabriella she says there are 
two different directions of evolution. There is the side that Troy Bolton is on, and then there's our side. Uh-huh. And I, at that point, I was like, well, until now, I thought maybe I was reading too much into it. But <laughs> no, you're, you're a eugenicist. Weird. For me, and this was more just like trying to figure out the deal with Ryan and Sharpay is how fucked up their parents are. Who's Ryan? Hat boy. Oh, sorry. Hat boy. Yeah, Char- thank you. Sharpay's twin slash lover. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But how fucked are their parents? They're Targaryens. All right. <laughs> Okay. And then we get the uh, the whole subplot where, um, like any good friend does, uh, Chad and Monique decide it's a good idea to break up this singing duet. Yeah, they, and their plan is, is absolutely stupid. It works, though. Yeah, because it's a fucking dumb movie. And dumb plans work in dumb movies. Oh, right, 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 right. But their plan is they will corner Zac Efron. The, the basketball players will. And they'll be like, what happened to you, Zach? You used to be cool. And Zach's like, hey, Zach's still cool. And they're like, well, you're not cool because of this girl. <laughs> Maybe if you said some bad stuff about the girl, we'd think you were cool again. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I can diss the girl. I can. That's totally fine. And then he starts dissing the girl. Simultaneously, the eugenicist Monique has Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, she's, she's demoing her brand new invention called Zoom, which she's debuting to the class. <laughs> And she says, here, take a look at this new technology. And they zoom into this conversation because at the exact same time that the basketball team is talking to Zac Efron and they're like, maybe if you said some bad stuff about Vanessa Hudgens, we'd believe you. And then he starts dissing her. And they're like, wait, 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 sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just set up this camera. Let me just put this webcam here. Wait, wait, wait. I got to plug it in. Wait, wait. Okay. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Now, now, now start bad mouthing her. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, from the beginning. Into the camera. From the beginning. You were saying yeah. s- some bad stuff about that girl. Say it right at me. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd because they do it right in front of him. Yes. And then he just keeps talking. And that's the point I was like, oh, maybe that's why the dad is so hard on Troy to be a basketball player. Because he's an idiot. Because <laughs> he can't, he has no other process. Yes. <laughs> That's right. The dad is like, listen, I, I know how fucking dumb you are. If you don't get this scholarship, yeah. son, you are not going to college. We are screwed. Yeah. Our house is getting foreclosed on. Like, I'm your father, and I love you in any circumstances, <laughs> and I want you to believe that you can do anything, but you can't do anything. You can do yeah. one thing. You can't do you anything. You can do one thing, and it's, it's basketball. basketball or bust. <laughs> and if you don't do it, I'm homeless, so, like, quit singing. Yeah, seriously, we're so underwater. They promised me. I, I didn't think 2009 would ever come, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they gave they gave me the interest rate, and I was like, that's so many years away. It's two years away. He's just like, I did not have the money for that New Year's chalet trip. Like, I am in the hole. <laughs> you know how much it costs to check a basketball hoop? <laughs> charge extra for that. <laughs> it's $150 extra. We're so screwed. We could have made do with it, but it wasn't for that. That's what put them in the hole. So we're right over. And then Vanessa Hudgens sings a sad song, which I hate, just like every other song in this. To camera. Did you guys notice this? Yeah, I did, actually. She stares into the camera. It's the only solo in the whole movie. And I, I don't know if Vanessa Hudgens didn't know what to do or the choreographer didn't know what to do. But, like, the only direction was, like, sing it directly to the camera. Because that's what she does. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, we already talked about the poster, which is funny. It's the best thing. I mean, as my wife pointed out, the most unrealistic part about it was the fact that there was no graffiti on it whatsoever, which would have been the case in high school. And I said, yes, but Troy's father is a literal psychopath who would drown any child in the school that would touch this poster. He probably put up the money for himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why he's in the hole, too. 
<laughs> you know how much that poster yeah, that costs? costs so much. <laughs> I can't be trusted with money. I'm so bad with money. Uh, I make fifty five thousand dollars a year. That's not poster money. <laughs> That's uh, handbill at best money. <laughs> That's handbill money. Yeah. I wasn't happy with handbills. They told me to go with handbills when they saw my salary, but I said no. <laughs> it was handbills or that. Those are the only two options. They only print really small things or really big things. Uh, and then, uh, so Troy is all sad. And Vanessa Hudgens is all sad. And then their friends, like, change their mind off screen. It's the weirdest plot development right? I've ever seen. Yep. The whole movie builds to this, and then this is the all is lost moment, and then they do a commercial break, and they come back, and they're just like, we changed our mind. It's cool now. And then the movie just goes into the climax. You're just like, oh, whoa, that happened. They they ruin these kids' happiness, and they're like, oh, we didn't realize that ruining your happiness would make you sad. We're sorry. We didn't realize ruining your happiness would ruin your happiness. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly oh. it. That's the logic they use. They just go up to Zach Efron in his rooftop garden, eating two slices of white bread, posing as a sandwich, and say, buddy, we got your back. You're okay. I didn't notice the sandwich when you first sent the photo. I literally thought you were calling Zach Efron a two slices of white bread sandwich. And I'm like, that is what Zach Efron is like, isn't it? <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, he's literally just eating two slices of bread. Like, his family is in dire straits. <laughs> they are. They shouldn't have checked that fucking basketball hoop, man. <laughs> They spent all their money. That's all they can afford to eat. Dad, Dad, is there is there any is there any baloney for the sandwich? And he's like, listen, son, if you get hungry at school, look at the poster. Okay, <laughs> that's where the baloney money went. Stay hungry, son. Stay hungry. <laughs> well, now that they've resolved all of their differences, the final issue is that because that whole plan didn't work, Sharpay has one final trick up her sleeve, which is cheat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or she just goes to the drama teacher and she's like, we've had an entire 45-minute plot about us trying to Romeo and Juliet. And- oh, and then they actually have the Romeo and Juliet moment where he's, like, fucking calling to her from the balcony, right? Yeah, I don't I don't care about that. Yeah, it's good, yeah. No, just really hitting it on the head. Although, oh, no, uh, uh, Vanessa Hudgens has a, has a good line. Uh, the whole singing thing is making the school whack. Really good dialogue there. Really good. I was I was watching a, an interview with the writer of this. Um, he made between two to five million dollars all in for writing these films. I'm I'm, I'm sure he's laughing all the way to the bank. We like jokes on them. I didn't even try. <laughs> oh, that was also part of the interview. <laughs> no, seriously, because he said like it was such a weird experience. Because I got the call about they were looking for someone to write this. And they just said it was like, oh, like a high school musical musical thing. He wrote it and he sent it in. And then uh, they immediately greenlit it. And then he goes, based on the first draft? (laughs) (laughs) Which he passes off somewhat as a compliment. But watching it, I go, yeah, that that checks out. Yeah. (laughs) And then I also made this note. We've already talked about it. But at this point in time, I paused it on the balcony scene. And I saw how much time was left, and I said, wait, this whole this whole movie, High School Musical, is about a callback. It's about an audition. It's not about the musical. It's high school callback. And uh, they tricked me. Up until that balcony scene, I thought they were I thought they were gonna put on an, a musical. And jokes on me. Jokes on all of us. Like I I'm sure I'm sure he, he was like, really, after the first draft? Like, I haven't even put the musical in. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, we'll get to it eventually. He, he took the James Cameron approach. He's like, I see five films in here before we get to the musical. <laughs> it's funny that for a musical, and it's called High School Musical, the, the villains of the piece are 
the two drama kids. Yeah, the villains of the piece are the only people who like musicals. That's right. That, that makes no bloody sense. The, the heroes of the piece are two people that don't sing. Then they have this really stupid line when they're going to, like, ruin everything for everyone else that's like, well, I want to make sure the roles go to people who know the difference between the Tony Awards and Tony Hawk. I don't even know how to make a joke out of that because I don't – it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a stupid fucking line. Uh, Sharpay uh, convinces the drama teacher to change the day of the auditions to be on the, the, di- the same day uh, as the – basketball championship and the school decathlon so that's the climax the climax is that vanessa hudgen has the big decathlon moment which is her personal arc needs to climax and her winning and then uh troy bolton has the big game and his personal arc has to climax in his winning and they also then need to also get the big roles on the musical because apparently they need to have everything in this school like i know that's that's they're the protagonist of the movie but at some point you have to go like Maybe leave something to somebody else. Why do you have to have every single award? Because <laughs> they have to defeat the evil drama kids. The only people who like because they like musicals and they're that's right nerds because of it. They're the worst. If there's anything we realize, it's you can't like what you like yeah. in this school. So no. this is a musical where two houses alike in Dis- uh, Disney. <laughs> fuck, where two houses. <laughs> This is a musical where two houses alike in dignity, the jocks and the nerds, team up to defeat people who like musicals. It's called High School Musical. Okay, so then we get to the climax, and the climax is they need to figure out a way to do two things at once, and they do that by cheating. All right? That's basically all that happens. Yep. They just yep. cheat their way through both competitions. I mean, to be fair, Vanessa Hudgens knows the answers to those things. Yeah. She wins with their own merit. Yeah, but they both interfere in the rules. Like, there's there's time limits involved. I would definitely say fraud, not cheating. You would think in any of these situations, if yeah. if it was discovered that they did these yes. things, which is yep. they sabotage the proceedings. <laughs> what do you mean if it's discovered? Yeah, and then everybody everybody in school is in on it because they all go to the theater. I know. And everybody follows Troy and Gabriella to the audition, including the teachers. They shouldn't win. Sharpay and Hat Boy shouldn't win either because they cheated to win the roles. Like and The whole uh-huh. musical is full of bad people except Zeke. Yeah. See? The only person who should come out of this winning anything is Zeke. That's right. That's what I said. I want to see High School Musical 4, Zeke bakes a creme brulee. It's like, what happens in High School Musical 4? Like, Zeke actually ended up going to culinary school, and, like, now he owns a really successful cake shop, and everyone's just really happy for him. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm down. My heart my heart grows three sizes. I'll watch that film. Even if it was a musical, Bobby? Especially. It couldn't not be. Fuck yes. We've converted him. We've converted him, people. We finally won him over to musicals. Only if they star Zeke, and they're about creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then they f- because they cheated in both of their competitions, Troy and Gabrielle can make the audition and they sing a beautiful song together, even it's not a beautiful song. The whole school is there supporting them. Cheering them on even though it's terrible. Uh, it's a terrible song. Yeah. Zac Efron is lip syncing to somebody else and Vanessa Hudgens is singing through her nose and I just want to <laughs> die. <laughs> And I think I think uh, Troy Troy's dad sees him and says, ah, "Maybe we can make some money off this singing thing, so I'll allow it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I can monetize this boy some way. That's right. <laughs> then they go back and finish their competitions, and then we get a climax with Troy Bolton. We watch like three minutes of Troy Bolton winning the championship, and they all carry him on his shoulders, and the cheerleaders cheer, and they do a whole dance routine, and everyone goes, Troy, 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 and we watch all of that. And then Gabrielle comes in, and she goes, I won too. And they go, great, whatever. <laughs> and then they cut away. <laughs> and she, They're all cheering on Danny Zuko. And- I couldn't believe it. She wins off screen. 
as much as everything in our society is sexist and aimed directly at men aged 18 to 30, this is aimed at girls. Uh Uh-huh. And yet the female lead wins off screen so that we can watch Zac Efron sink some baskets. That's weird, isn't it? He was practicing three hours a day. It's not like she was like off doing trigonometry for three hours a day in order to practice with a decathlon scene. <laughs> Maybe she was. We don't know what she was doing. <laughs> she was out practicing trigonometry for three hours a day. Was it an actual scholastic decathlon? Like, they, did, did Vanessa Hudgens actually have to get the answer right or the climax couldn't have happened, Bobby? <laughs> she, maybe she went full method for this. was like, no, it has to be real for me to feel it. And then they filmed the whole thing and she's like, I won. And Zach Efron's like, yeah, great. I have to know why it's pi over 16. All right. I, <laughs> nice one, Sean. <laughs> and then they all do a dance. And then they sing, we go together, like Ramalamalama, a zigga-da-ding-a-dong. Yep, it's the same song. Grease ends with the song, we go together. Yep. And High School Musical ends with the song, we're all in this together. It's the same song. Yep. Except it's even more annoying than the Grease one. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny about all the all the songs in this movie is I couldn't for my life remember any of them. And any time I tried to, it was just... After today from a goofy movie. <laughs> I have been like leaning on you guys hard to remember the names of these songs and anything about them because I tried and was like, nope, 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 that's a goofy movie again. Down with the textbooks and up with the comics? No, 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 that's goofy. Yeah. Uh yeah, and then that and then that's the end. And then we get the credits yeah. where they all dance. Everyone gets the little solo moments, and everyone is now happy and friends for some reason. I don't know, and I don't care, and it's stupid. Yeah, that sums it all up perfectly, honestly. You did a great job. They all dance. They're all friends for some reason. And it's stupid. The end. <laughs> Whatever. It's over. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for being our biggest fan. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Really appreciate it. <sighs> um, I'm just going to go first. I don't really have a lot to say about this. I think Kenny Ortega does some good choreography in some mm-hmm. of the sequences. And I think Zach Efron is a triple threat. Like I said, he can dance. He can act in terms of charisma. I mean, acting, I just mean in terms of he has presence on screen. And he can shoot baskets, triple threat. So I think those two things are good. Isn't this the most successful Disney Channel movie? Uh, The sequel is. The sequel is, okay. When this came out, it had like 7.5 million viewers, which at the time was the most amount of viewers for a Disney Channel film, and I think it was also the most amount of viewers for a cable original movie. Wow. The sequel then came out a year or two later and had 17 million viewers, which, yeah, mm. like, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Yep. This is like Infinity War made 250, Endgame made 350, where you're just like, well, let's let's stop making records anymore. Like, there's no such, doesn't matter. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. Other than those two positives that I cited, um, I pretty much hate everything else in this film. I'm putting it below the Shaggy Dog, above Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. Oh, wow. That's really low. I should qualify that. It's below the Shaggy Dog because the dog drives the car. <laughs> <laughs> if the dog didn't drive, the rest of the film is above the Shaggy Dog. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> like in terms of filmmaking quality, this is a better movie than the Shaggy Dog. Yeah. Like if I was if you if you were telling me what movie should I watch, I'd be like, well, High School Musical is more enjoyable to watch than the Shaggy Dog. But in the Shaggy Dog, a dog drives a car, so it gets yeah, it goes as far. That, that is that is the standard of every movie ranking. Does a dog Does drive a car? Dog drive car. <laughs> no, we'll watch the Shaggy Dog and then get back to me. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, but I'm not quite as hard on it. You had said this is above. Don't look under the bed, and that's actually pretty funny because that's 
exactly where I put it. Uh, right above Don't Look Under the Bed on my list. Everything above that, I was like, I would watch that again. And to be fair, I have seen High School Musical once before, but that was for a drinking game. Um, if, if you were to ask me to watch any of the films below this, I, again, I wouldn't. This movie is below Avatar for me. Oh, wow. Avatar's real low for you. This is kind of like the real bottom of the, this is the bottom of the list because the real bottom of the list for me is movies that aren't movies. Um, so it is above the Even Stevens movie. Sure. It is above Oz the Great and Powerful, which is below the Even Stevens movie. Below that is Adventures, uh, The Adventures of Bulbert Griffin, because, man, is that film racist. And then below that, you have Adventures in Babysitting 2016, because, again, that is not a movie. And below that, at number 31, is my most hated movie of all time, Blank Check. <laughs> so it's above all the movies that aren't movies. But it's it's literally the bottom of the barrel for you. It's the bottom of the movies that qualify as movies. That's what I would say. How what did you think of High School the Musical? It's like, well, it qualified as a movie. That is more than can be said for even Stevens. You know what? I'm gonna... I got some movies here that came out the same year. Do you want me to tell you about them? Or do you not? Do you want to just go home? I'd love to hear. 2006. All right. Starts off with a movie about basketball players and their internal conflict about wanting to sing songs. It's Glory Road starring Josh Lucas. I assume that's the subplot of the movie. I haven't actually seen it. <laughs> that's fair. Yep. Yep. I thought you were going to say Coach Carter, but... <laughs> but Samuel L. Jackson. Every basketball movie, internally, they just want to be singing songs. Yeah. Roving Mars, an IMAX film about the Mars rover. It's like a documentary that Disney released. Annapolis, the James Franco movie. Fuck that. Moving on. <laughs> Eight Below. Paul Walker and some dogs. Oh, I like dogs. Yep. Well, if you like dogs, you're going to be really excited about the next film. Guess what it is? I like dogs. Oh, the Shaggy Dog. No. Oh, no. We have to watch that eventually. It's the Tim Allen Shaggy Dog remake. Uh, a film called Stay Alive, which is a horror film released by Hollywood Pictures. I've never heard of it. Frankie Munez is third build. Who the fuck knows what that is? Um... The Wild, a CG animation film that wasn't made by Disney, but was distributed by them because apparently someone showed up with it and Disney was like, yeah, okay, we can release this. <laughs> that's, um, that's not Madagascar, right? It's the, it's, it's the not Madagascar film. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. A movie called Stick It with Jeff Bridges. Don't know what that is. What? Okay, here we go. Something I know. Cars, Pixar's Cars. Step Up, Tanning Chasen, Tanning Chasem. Tanning Chasem. <laughs> tanning Chasem. Step up the Tanning Chasem film. I've seen Step Up and the sequel. What Step Up Higher? Uh, step Up to the Streets. And then there's Step Up 3D. Which Rob and I saw in theaters and was amazing. Yeah, we went and saw it in theaters. I am a Step Up 3D fan. Bobby, you saw Step Up 2? Uh, 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 give the full title, Step Up to the Streets. It's a transitive verb. I liked the viral videos at the beginning that, like, are made to look like people actually, like, saying, like, dancing just saved my life. And it ends with all of them saying dancing saved my life. And you're like, oh, is this some sort of, like, viral campaign to, like, cast that? Oh, no, it's just actors and camera doing vlogs. And, okay. That made me laugh when I saw it. I've never seen Step Up 2 or Step Up 1. I've only Rob, seen Step Up Rob, 3. Say it right. Step up to the streets. Yes, thank you. Okay, so uh, Invincible, the Marky Mark is a football player movie. Yeah. The Guardian, Kevin Costner fights a perfect storm. <laughs> I assume that's what it is. I don't think I saw it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's Kevin Costner, uh, bodyguards, um, Ashton Kutcher in The Perfect Storm. Uh, the Prestige. Nice. Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. I really, really like that movie, actually. That movie's awesome. Uh, Santa Claus 3, not as good as The Prestige. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, Sean. That can be said about that film. <laughs> Deja Vu, the Ted and Terry and Tony film. The movie where Seth, uh, Denzel Washington uh, drives around with a headset and sees into the future. No, it's the it's the past because it's Deja Vu. So he's driving around in like a Humvee through New Orleans. Back to the f- virtual reality. <laughs> and they ended off the year with the Christmas classic, heartwarming tale, Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. Holy fuck. Yep. And that was the year of 2006 for Disney. Oh, cr- because I watched High School Musical, Camp Rock, it's recommending. That's what's recommended on Disney Plus now? Yeah, now for me. Teen Beach Movie. What? Now you're going to get Cheetah Girls. Oh, there's Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. Well, you've got your entire Christmas break lined up, Rob. <laughs> Tune in next year. Welcome to 2023, everybody. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, Zach. There's a man these words go out to. He's a friend of Palabud. Because of him, I wrote these songs and Bob ate a plate of mud. His first name's Zach without an H. This is a voiceless Vilar star. I don't know what his last name is, but I know what it's not. It's not Efron. So thank you, Zach. Not Efron. For being our first fan. And thank you, Zach. Not Efron. For being there since we began. You may come last when fans are listed alphabetically. But blame it on the Romans, cause you're number one with me. Number one, Zach. None of the other Zachs compare. No, of only two Zacks, you're the better Zach by far. Zach Morris doesn't count, his real name's Mark Paul Gosselar. You're the only lifeguard that I'd want, be watching me from shore. And if I were Seth Rogen, you're the Zach I'd want next door. Neighbors, oh, won't you be my neighbor, Zach? In the epic Zach battle. Please excuse a cliche, but you're a giant wooden horse and draws pulling away. Thank you, Zach. Not Efron. For your patience all along. While Rob and Bob both let Sean waste time writing this song. I know it took a while and this episode is late. But we had to wait for Bob to eat the mud off of that plate. It's Bob's fault. I was done weeks ago, Zach. This was at the top of my to-do list, but Bob just wouldn't eat that much. That's the show. If you have a suggestion for a movie we should cover next time, send us an email at thepodcastwartennisshoes at gmail.com. We can also be reached on Facebook and Twitter at podwar. That's at P-O-D-W-O-R-E. And if you like the show, give us a good review on your podcast platform. It really helps us out. We hope you tune in next time. Thanks. What a terrible name for the show. It's worse than the theme song.